0: Podcast
1: One Production. I think it's incredibly important to actually know the people that you're with and get to know them as people before you get to know them as positions in the team.
0: I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. Today, I discuss with John Eels, board director and ex Wallabies captain, the art of teamwork. John is revered in both sport and business for his insights on team synergy. Do you find it frustrating to work in a team? The truth is being in a team doesn't come naturally to most people and it's something that needs to be taught. Teams come together to generate new ideas, solve problems... Make decisions or achieve a goal. And often that group of people have different values, ways of working, and ways of achieving the results. The truth is, each of us have to work at being in a team. And it's the subject that I'm passionate about and what I do for a living. And to discuss this with me today, I have John Eels. John, you've led one of Australia's most loved and successful teams, the Wallabies, as well as being a leader of an organisation that taught high performing teams. Why do we find it as people being in a team a challenge?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question, Margie. And I think it's uh, it's probably not something you tend to be that conscious about. Well, certainly I wasn't that conscious about because for me, a lot of my experience about being in teams really started from you know, firstly being in a big family. I was one of six kids and uh, four sisters. So genuinely was challenged about my place in the uh, in the home a lot of the time. Uh, but, but also, I, I played in sporting teams from a very young age. I think it is one of the great advantages of playing in a team sport. You know very quickly that, yeah, there may be stars from time to time, but the stars aren't able to shine unless the team works together to create the opportunities for that. So I, th- I think a lot of people don't understand the, the mechanics that go into it. They don't understand that it actually takes effort, to get a team working well, to get a team gelling together, it's not something that's just going to happen.
0: Mm. What is the challenge that each of us face when we turn up with a new group of people and we're called a team? What are some of those component parts that make it difficult?
1: I suppose the first thing is actually trying to understand why, why are you together? Why is this group of people together? Why have they come together and what are they actually seeking? Uh, and once you can answer that question, then you can then you can start to answer the questions of how does it gel together. Uh, so, firstly, there has to be that common purpose, and these will sound really simple, basic things, but they but they are so important in in the scheme of things. So, knowing why they're together, what is the purpose of actually being there, what is this team trying to achieve, and then secondly, and there's there's a lot of other things that go into this mix, but but I think it's incredibly important to actually know the people that you're with and and get to know them as people before you get to know them as positions in the team.
0: Let's go back to that piece about purpose and why. If you're in a sporting team like the Wallabies, it seems pretty clear that you want to win the World Cup. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, that's very fair. It's pretty easy. The purpose is pretty easy.
0: Mm. So what happens in corporate life? Does it come a bit more blurred in your
1: experience? Yeah, Much more difficult uh, because I think it's The goals are not not, not really as obvious necessarily. I mean, yes, there might be an EBITDA goal, there could be a, a number of employees goal, there could be sales goal, whatever it might be. But they're not generally rallying cries quite as much as winning a World Cup might be. So I think in sport you've got this advantage because you know that there's a premiership season you know, you've got this amount of weeks before you play in the finals and then there's uh, the grand final. You know, there's four years between World Cups. So you know what you're aiming for, but it doesn't make the actual task of achieving that any easier.
0: Okay, so we'll come to that how in a minute. I'm really fascinated by how you delineate a purpose about why you come together if you don't have such a compelling or obvious cause in front of
1: you there's different aspects to this like there's there's the goal and there's the purpose of what why are you there and I think these days people are demanding that it's more important for organizations to actually explicitly say why they're there and it has to be a a grander goal than just achieving profit at the end of the day Uh, and and some organizations do it really well and others find it a bit harder. Mm. Um, I'm a director of flight center travel group and yeah, the purpose of Flight Center Travel Group, one of the, the goals of the the business is to open up the world for those who want to see it. So it's really clear people who come to Flight Center, they love travel and, and they love facilitating those opportunities for the people that they're that they're serving.
0: Mm. And so that makes it very easy to rally around, doesn't it? Makes it very easy then to utilize that as the North Star as some might call it. Yeah, yeah
1: it's a it's a greater reason for turning up in the morning.
0: Mm. We know that working in a team Makes us more effective. The challenges are often around working styles and what different pe- different people like to achieve things in a different way. Do you think that's that's one of the reasons people find it difficult?
1: If you don't understand how people work best, well, then you're never going to be able to get the best out of them. And we all bring to the table different uh, personalities, different life experiences, different different objectives, uh, short term, mid term, long term. So being able to to work that out and say, okay, what's the best mix for this team? How are we going to turn different focuses that people have into that little bit of magic that that makes it a team?
0: So you would have experienced that at the wallabies.
1: Yeah, and and look, certainly in business as well at different stages and and in in, in other sporting teams, it didn't have to be at the level of the wallabies. There were times when and some of my most memorable times in in rugby were playing club rugby for my club in the under-19s. And we had a team that certainly had no stars in it, but we somehow came together and won the premiership that year against teams that had a lot of stars because we had that that certain something that was greater than just the talent in the team.
0: Mm. What about the motivation to be in a team? Because I believe that Uh, the world is pulling us to much more individualistic activities, whether it's the way that we consume information or communicate with each other. And it comes from a much more of a, it's much easier to be siloed than connected these days.
1: I think that's a really fair comment because even though people will say we're more connected on social media, social media does tend to draw people to their phone or to their computer rather than to the conversation the real conversation happening around them a lot of the time. I think it also tends to make people more insular in their view because they tend to only seek the opinions of those who more confirm their way of seeing the world rather than to seek opinions that will challenge their way of seeing the world. One of the things that I want to talk about is
0: that I'm, I run team days. I run team effectiveness programs over a course of 12 months and people say, I don't have time. Oh, and years ago you'd take people off to Fiji for three days. Now people have got, can you fix my team in half an hour? Yeah. You know, oh, you can have half an hour four times a week for the rest of the month and then we're done. And the prioritisation and the speed to try and motivate people to get together, the bigger pull feels for me that people are wanting to do the work rather than do the work of being a team.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you can't rush baking a cake, can you, and you can't rush developing a team. They're things that will take a natural uh, sequence of time. Um, I think also while society in some ways is taking us away from being team players, there's a genuine yearning to be part of a team too, I, I believe. Uh, and when people are part of a team, they just feel so much better because I think it's really that, that sense of belonging to something, belonging to a cause, belonging to a group of people who also belong to a cause and everyone's going to have multiple causes in their life. And if it's corporate, if it's a corporate cause, well, then you're really lucky because that's a large part of your life. If it's eight hours a day, five days a week, 48 weeks a year, that's a big chunk of your life. So if you don't belong to something that's meaningful for you, then you're really wasting a lot of your time Mm. or you're not taking the best advantage of, of the opportunity you have. The truth is
0: in my view and um, while it's proven everywhere and I know you know this too the more time you work on being a team the higher performance is at the end of the day and the higher the well-being uh, there's a book called The Lost Connections at the moment or Lost Connections it's an outstanding book and it talks about the need for us to work together to actually fulfill um, ourselves for hopeful connection rather than being depressed and the more time we spend on our own the more likely we are to be unhappy and that this working together as you said really connects us and makes us thrive.
1: yeah I've read that book and it's a wonderful book uh, and I think it's a great book for those who are struggling and feeling disconnected but it's also a great reminder for those who are you know who feel connected and want to understand why they feel well because I think it's always important to know what you don't want to lose as mm-hmm. well.
0: So we come together because it's good for us and it's good for the work we want to achieve. And uh, at the end of the day, it'll make us more fulfilled. So how do we do this? Because I've been complaining about people not putting enough time into it. How do we come together as a team? This is the big magic. We we know it's a bit tough. We've got to motivate ourselves to be in there. But how do we do this?
1: Because it doesn't just happen. Yeah, you know, you, Sometimes you can stumble across a group of people who have very similar purpose and all going in the same direction, but if you don't work to bring that group together, then it's not going to be as good as if you as as when you do work to bring it all together. So once you start with a common purpose, then you I think you really need to identify very clearly what people's roles in that purpose are, and then how you're going to hold them account to those roles in their purpose. You don't want people sort of aimlessly just following things on a whim. You want them to be Purposefully moving in a direction that's going to be useful for the team, and the team will make mistakes. So then you you need to come up with rules. So how will the team deal with uh, mistakes when they're made, and and also that continually checking on the people in the team, what they need, and uh, and then also how you're going to measure success. I suppose at the end of the day.
0: So this sounds like it's a lot of conversations amongst a group of team members agreeing on a way that
1: they do the work. Yeah, and there'll probably be more disagreement than agreement in in that journey uh, to get to the point of agreement. And and even when you get to that, it doesn't mean everyone thinks the same. You still want that diversity of opinion as you go through that journey, challenging the way forward all the time, not just accepting the status quo, but doing it in a respectful manner that's going to build the community of the team rather than detract from I really community. like those.
0: I really love that that comment. Community of a team, it's um, it's very meaningful. Those that language. Is this the same in corporate as well as a sporting team? There that need to work through that.
1: I, I think it should be, uh, but but sometimes sometimes it's not, and but sometimes there's some corporates that do it better than than sporting teams do it. And different leaders will do it in different ways. Some have a real, you know, flag on the hill mentality and will, will you know, that's the, the the North Star and guide people towards it. Others will do it in a more subtle way and really bring people around them and subtly do a lot of chatting behind the scenes, get to know people. They may not be rallying cry leaders, but they can still be great, really effective leaders leading in their own way. I think it's more the conversations you have when it doesn't matter that will determine how effective are the conversations you have when it does matter.
0: What do you mean by
1: that? So the conversations you have with people when there's nothing on the line. So it's a, it's the effort that you put in getting to know them when, when you're just going about your business day to day. You know, It's the it's conversations, checking what they're doing, checking in on them, challenging them. when it When it's not on the big points necessarily that will determine how they behave how they perform when it really does matter, and they'll also give you the the legitimacy to have the bigger conversations when it does matter as well. if you've shown you care about them number one in the first place uh, and and you show you've shown a pattern of caring for them, and that that comes back to the community of the team because communities look after each other communities don't turn on each other, they challenge each other. And it can be uncomfortable being a part of a community, but it should never be uh, threatening from a I've got to watch my back perspective.
0: As you talk about community and care, it reminds me of Hugh Mackay's books and the most recent books about the rise in anxiety in society because we're not connected, because we're not caring in our communities. And it seems like there's enormous parallels here with families, with teams and with communities and a broader spectrum and what we need to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're looking for consistent people. You're looking for consistency in the, the leadership style, in the in the ways of doing things as a team. And people are generally, characters are consistent, either consistently good or consistently bad sometimes. But uh, understanding people and getting to know them and and being able to work with them and having that that predictability of how they're going to perform and react in certain circumstances, I think is a is a good part of it. And and if they feel supported, they're more likely to be consistent in how they behave. Got
0: a tricky question for you. So it's easy to be in a team when the leader's amazing. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yeah, I think it certainly can be, I won't say more comfortable because sometimes it can be uncomfortable with a really good leader because they'll be challenging Mm. in different ways and never happy with the status quo. But I think we'd all agree generally a better leader will mean a better team and we'd all agree it's much better to be a part of a better team.
0: So what happens when the leader of the team and you're in a team isn't
1: that crash hot? It's difficult because we've all been that not crash hot leader. It's probably more manageable if the not crash hot leader hasn't got a big ego because then they're probably able to to deal with some um, some feedback. Uh, I think it's really difficult if the not crash hot leader has got a massive ego to go with that because then they're probably not going to be respectful of, of others in the team. They're probably going to be more threatened of others in the team. They're probably going to resort to to exhibiting power through politics and means like that. So that that's really a difficult, um, a much more difficult situation. I mean, sometimes there's, there's actually not much you can do. If they're the leader, they've got the power, you've tried everything you can do, um, then then it's difficult. But sometimes they're not a good leader because they're, they haven't had experience as a leader. Sometimes people within the team need to take them on that journey a bit. And I had people do that for me in... Yeah, you know, in rugby with the Wallabies, like I wasn't particularly experienced when I started. I had a lot of people to help me along that journey to to become a better leader, uh, and and I think all of us have scope to improve all of the time, as long as you're prepared to listen.
0: I ask all of my um, teams that I work with, "What's the best team you've ever worked in? What's the most amazing experience you've ever had, and what were the component parts of that?" I'm not sure whether you've already answered that question with the under-19s, but can I ask you, you John, what's the best team you've ever worked with?
1: Probably, uh, look, I've been really fortunate to be a part of some great teams um, in in many different ways. And I, I mean, you can look at your family as a team and yeah. you know, the family I grew up in, as I said, there was six kids and mum and dad, you know, I, th- I think we... It became a, a great team is still operating as a great team these days. Some of the sporting teams, uh, and look, I, th- I think about, you know, I mentioned about my Colts team, um, both World Cup winning teams I was a part of when Nick Farr-Jones was the captain. I came into that team quite late in the development of that team, but I got to experience what a great team was like. And then we had a bit of a lull period and then uh, we built up to be a great team again for the 99 World Cup. And I think... Probably from a consistency point of view, that team with Rod McQueen as as the coach and some great players at different stages of their career, that was a great team to be a part of. It was really a mature group of people that were looking to challenge themselves all the time. Didn't have it easy. You know, had the same people that came through some really difficult times as a team and some of Australia's worst performances were then able to be a part of some of Australia's best performances. And then I think of some of the business teams I've been a part of as well, whether they be boards or um, uh, the the consulting business metal group that that we built up and sold was a great, great group of people. And um, my partner in that was a guy by the name of Ian Basser and we're still very close to this day, but it, it was a great team to be a part of. Some of the people that came into that team, still very, very close friends with to this day.
0: So the ingredients that run across all of those teams, the ingredients that made it a good team, can you think about what they might be?
1: Well, go back to a lot of the things I've spoken about. So it is that purpose. Why are you together? Why do people want to join you and be part of this team? Because people always think it's a big responsibility to, to start something. Because, and particularly when people come on that journey with you, because you're asking them to give up wherever they were before, whatever the circumstances are in, and to come and join you. That is a big promise that you're making to them. So it's a big responsibility to deliver on that promise. And I, I think in, in that metal business, which I was thinking about in my head there, we we, we certainly did. John,
0: you and I were at a conference recently and um, you were mentioned a couple of times. And it was about team with the, the very famous Patrick Lencioni, who wrote The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And... Um, You and I had a quick chat afterwards, and I think it's fair to say that we spoke about nothing really fundamentally disruptive in terms of team building at the moment, that there are the foundational aspects that you've spoken about today still exist, even in the world of disruptive technology. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I would agree. And and I think people like Patrick, they bring it together in such a simple way that people can digest it. I think all the great leaders do that. And he actually challenges himself on his his own leadership ability in some respects. but I think he he has a wonderful understanding of what are those core ingredients. And as he describes it, he looks at it from the the reverse way the the five dysfunctions of a team and then says, well, what if if they're the dysfunctions, what what do you have to be? And so there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but However, you look at it, I think the core principles are the same. And and they were probably the same when the Egyptians built the pyramids and as uh, the people who are building things these days. How did they do that, by the way? I have no idea. That That required some hell of a teamwork. That's beyond me.
0: (laughs) John, thank you so much today. I've really enjoyed our conversation so much. This understanding that teams are a challenge in terms of working together successfully, it's a discipline. It's tough. You have to pay attention to it. Getting that understanding of why we come together, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it is fundamental in any team that you work in, whether sporting or in business.
1: I think it is. And uh, it's, it's being able to break down that, if you like, society's push towards being an individual and asserting yourself as an individual and human nature's calling to want to belong and be part of a team. Because... As soon as you're part of a team, you have to subjugate some of your own personal ambition and ego to to be a part of that team and that's not necessarily an easy, nor for some, a natural thing to do.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, John. And remember, make good choices and make teamwork matter. Fast Track is produced in the studios of Podcast One Australia. The producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the app or search Fast Track Career Conversations podcast.